this, this broader scene, this, this evening um, before Jesus' death uh, in, the, in the Gospel of Mark as well. Um, Jesus is giving himself as a, as a sacrifice for his disciples um, because of the depth of their sin and their depravity, their, their inability. He's given them warnings that they're going to fall away from him. They're going to betray him. Um, they've all refused humble. Uh, they've all refused humbly to be warned. They've all refused humble dependence on him. They, they've, they essentially said, you're wrong, Jesus. None of us would do that. Um, surely not I. They weren't ready to give themselves to Jesus as he was to them. And yet the Lord's Supper is, is a call to holiness. Because Jesus gave his life, uh, we ought to examine ourselves. He gave his life under the wrath of God for you. Are we living for that Savior? Uh, Romans 6 11 says, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to Christ Jesus. The Lord's Supper is a time to reflect on what, what sins were paid for on the cross. What sins of yours cost the blood of Jesus that you're allowing to thrive in your life? Colossians 1.22 says, Jesus' death was in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. 2 Corinthians 5 says, Jesus died. Uh, why? Does Paul say there, so that we would no longer live for ourselves? What, what sins do we need to turn away from in order to, to give ourselves to him as he has to us and not live for ourselves? Uh, the Lord's Supper calls us, maybe by a good way of summary, we've been talking about the, the Ten Commandments. God's summary of the Ten Commandments is love. Right? Love for God and love for others. The Lord's Supper calls us to love. It's a picture of God's sacrificial love for us. 1 John 3.16, by this we know love that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. So as we're receiving the Lord's Supper, consider where we need to love others better. How you ought to be laying down your life for your husband or your wife or your parents or your children or your neighbor, whether a believer or unbeliever. And the point of self-examination is not to self-flagellate or do penance or, or be depressed, but the point is that no one deserves to be at the table of the Lord. It's obvious in reading the Gospels that the disciples did not, but this is who you are. You're welcome to sons and daughters, and so it's a call to consider whether, whether we're living in the blessings and privileges and call that come with that family name, uh, with being sons and daughters of God. So look in. Uh, where do you need to feed on Jesus more for trust, for holiness, for love, for joy? Fourthly, uh, I suggest you look around. Look in, look around. The disciples again provide a good um, contrast to Jesus for us in this whole scene and a, and a good insight maybe into our own hearts. Uh, they, they just shortly before been debating about which of them was the greatest um, in the larger story this evening, again, uh, Jesus warns Peter particularly, and Peter says, Lord, you can't possibly be talking about me, right? Maybe these other knuckleheads will fall away, but I would never, right? I would die for you. Here are some facts to stipulate as we think about looking around in the Lord's Supper. Our, our lives are full of comparison to other people. Um, 
at school or at work or competition between siblings um, on social media for sure. Uh, another thing to stipulate is that unity is hard, even in the church. Unity is hard. Sometimes it's absent. Sometimes there's tension. Another thing to stipulate is that pride is the biggest problem for each of us, every one of us. We always think that others are the problem. Uh, which of us is guilty of, uh, or which of us is, is not guilty of having thoughts like, you know, church would be better if so-and-so wasn't here, or if they were thinking more like me, or they worked harder, or weren't so prideful, or served more. To reiterate, our, our, our fallen hearts are, are wired to compare to others. Uh, unity is hard, and, and pride is our biggest problem. It's ever-present. So here's the encouragement to look around during the Lord's Supper at fellow believers and recognize that, that your sin costs the same death of Jesus on the cross as, as everyone else in the room, everyone else in the world. Uh, you need no less grace than anyone else in the room needs, ever. Uh, the sacrament ought to foster unity and humility and sympathy uh, between us. Here are some verses to meditate on in, in that vein. Romans 12, 5. We, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen, For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, all were made to drink of one spirit. Colossians 3.15 And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Uh, so look around. And then fifthly, look ahead. Look ahead. The Lord's Supper points us to look ahead, in part because Jesus looked ahead. Verse 29 he said to his disciples, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Jesus also in this scene looked ahead in his great gracious promise in, in verse uh, 31 and 32. In verse 31 he predicts that all of the disciples are going to uh, abandon him that night and they protest. But this is of course what happens later uh, in just a few hours. But the very next, in, in the very same breath, Jesus says, but after I have been raised, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. And just remember what, what that statement meant. He, even though the disciples were arrogantly, self-confidently denying his warnings, they were continuing in disbelief about his death and his resurrection. They were about to turn their backs on him and, and abandon him. They were just generally totally unworthy of this table and his promises, and yet he is already anticipating meeting them in Galilee and, and uh, reuniting with them, reconciling with them. Uh, in the Lord's Supper, you're reminded, you're assured that no matter how you fail or how unfaithful you are, Jesus will meet you in Galilee, as it were. Uh, more than that, he'll meet you at glory. He'll meet you in glory at, at another great feast. Revelation 19 speaks of that feast that we anticipate with Jesus. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, 
write this, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Just think about how you maybe at times anticipate, excitedly anticipate a, a, a wedding and reception that you've been invited to, that, you're, that you feel very uh, honored to be invited to. You're very especially excited for the, the bride and the groom. You anticipate the celebration with fam, fran, family and friends and, and the feasting. Well, just think about the fact that you, you and I hold an irrevocable invitation to a wedding reception that, that will be one billion times greater uh, and more joyful uh, than the greatest in the history of the world or anything that we've experienced. Uh, the Lord's Supper is, is a promise and, and a taste of that day uh, that we anticipate. In a sense, you're, you're already clothed in the, in the white robes, the rich robes of, of Revelation 19. You're already welcome at the table of Jesus in, in anticipation of actually seeing, actually feasting with him in person uh, one day. Now, do you think about that day? All of the, the, the sets of vows that we use in our denomination, the RPCNA, uh, membership vows, ordination vows, they, they all end, and the last one, they call us to remember the joy in that last great day. Uh, in some sense, the, it's the first great day uh, of eternity. Uh, the Lord's Supper calls you to look forward to that in eagerness, uh, to that feast. Uh, you think of kids in the back seat saying, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Uh, the Lord's Supper uh, every other month is, is an opportunity to uh, have that eager anticipation. And Paul will remind later in his letters uh, that, that as often as you eat and drink this bread and this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. So I encourage you as we celebrate the Lord's Supper to look up, uh, to look back, to look in, to look around to each other, uh, and to look ahead to that feast. Well, let's pray together. Father in heaven, we uh, thank you for the opportunity to uh, consider this sacrament that you've given to us uh, this morning and to celebrate it together. We pray that you would help to deepen and widen our understanding of its meaning and its application to our lives, uh, that it would truly uh, build us up in faith and hope and love. Uh, we pray that that would be true even today. We pray this in Christ's name. Uh, and for his sake. Amen.